Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. Good to see you. How many of you appreciate the presence of the Lord we've already felt today? Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about an area that I think is very critical to everybody here, and uh, it's something that we're just laying a foundation for for the next uh, few weeks. And I think when you leave today, you will have a little bit of uh, meat in your crawl. How many of you understand what I just said? This is not going to be fluff or something cultural. It's going to be more of a, a, a deeper experience. Some of you are going to say you're affirming what I believe and going deeper with me. Some of you are going to have to cock your head and say, okay, if that's in the Bible, I'm going to have to believe it, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your goodness. We love you. We praise you. Our ears are open. Our hearts receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. If I ask you what were some of the top TV programs that are the uh, most popular today, I don't know what you would tell me, but I'm going to share with you some of the most popular television programs today, and um, I have to make a confession to you. I haven't seen any of these shows. Uh, It doesn't mean I'm good or bad, it just means that I I just haven't seen them if it's not on uh, TV land after Andy Griffin, I haven't seen it. So, one of the most popular shows actually was in the season of uh, 18 and 19 was Game of Thrones. Many of you have heard about the, uh, the series. It's one of the most popular uh, programs uh, in a long, long time. References to gods and witches and warlocks and priests. And another one that I found out was very popular is called The Leftovers. If you uh, have seen that, it is uh, a show about 2% of the world's population that suddenly disappears. 140 million people disappear all at once, and the people who are left behind are trying to figure out what happened and then how do they proceed after that. Another one's called The Good Place. It's about people who've died in the afterlife. They're trying to define what is uh, good and and bad. And one is Legacies, and um, it's about a daughter of a vampire and a werewolf. It's a hybrid person. Um, I've seen some of those people at Walmart. Um, (laughs) It's a hybrid person. And uh, another one is DC's Legends of Tomorrow, superhumans trying to prevent an apocalypse, miracle workers, a group of angels trying to convince God not to destroy the earth, supernatural, two brothers fighting evil, a Russian doll, a young woman who keeps reappearing after her death to the same party over and over again. And here's another quick list, Stranger Things, Runaways, Manifest, Dystopia, A Charm, Titans, Roswell, Walking Dead, American Horror Story. Now, the reason I brought all these, uh, these television programs to you is that we have an affinity with the supernatural. And every one of these stories deal with the supernatural. And some of the most popular stories on uh, media and in movies and in television today all deal with the supernatural. Why do we have such a connection and a tie to the supernatural? It's because you are a supernatural being. You're a physical person that has a supernatural soul and spirit. When God created Adam and Eve, obviously he fashioned Adam from the dust of the earth, but he breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. So the supernatural of God came into the body 
of Adam. He was never supposed to die. And there again, we have this supernatural experience. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 8. Jesus is talking to the leaders of the, uh, of the Jews, scribes and Pharisees. And as he discusses with them, they're trying to figure out who he is. His identity. Some think he has a devil. Some think he is an imposter. He's a blasphemer. And in verse 21 of John 8, he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. So question, is there another world beyond this world? And the answer is absolutely yes. And Jesus said, I'm not of this world. He said, I'm from above, you're from beneath, you're from this world, I'm not from this world. So is there something beyond the physical realm that we know? And I believe most of you would say yes. There would be a lot of people who would say no. But there are billions of people seeking the supernatural in that spiritual realm. The Hindus are, and the Buddhists are, and the Muslims are, and the people who are of new age are seeking that. The Shinto religion is. Nearly every major religion on the earth is seeking a connection with the supernatural. Even us as Christians, we're doing the same thing. We're seeking a connection to the supernatural. There is the real connection. I know there's a lot of fake and there's a lot of showmanship and a lot of stuff out there, but how many believe there is the real article? So as Christians, we're seeking that connection and the Bible is full of spiritual encounters and you cannot read very far in your Bible that you don't see a spiritual encounter, something from the supernatural, something beyond this world. Now, what I want to do is whet your appetite when you read the Bible is to see this like you've never seen it before. So as we lay a foundation, uh, please understand, I'm going to stay right in the Word of God. Everybody feel better about this now? Amen. I'm going to stay right in the Word of God. So if you have an argument here, you're going to have to address that with God because I'm going to stay just as close as I can to what the Bible says. In the very beginning, the origins of our world are supernatural. The Bible deals with that. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 tells us, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So the invisible world was here before the visible world. The supernatural was here before the physical so in that we understand everything you see, you smell, you sense, you touch, everything around you was made from something you cannot see. And that's what Paul is telling us in many verses here. You see, everything that is physical, uh, physical and visible came from and is controlled by the invisible and the spiritual. And that's why he says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18, He's trying to divert our sight away from just the physical. How many of you know sometimes all we see is what we see? All we experience is what we feel. But what I want you to know, there's a dimension out there that's beyond the physical dimension that we are so very familiar with. He says in verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Everything you see, sense, touch, 
smell, feel will one day burn up. But the things you cannot see, the spiritual, the invisible, will last throughout eternity. Can I hear an amen? amen. So please understand that is what the Word of God, the Bible, is trying to tell us. As Christians, we're living between two worlds. We are living in a time where we have the physical and the spiritual, and the physical and the spiritual struggle against each other at times, and we feel the struggle between two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. You do know that uh, when John the Baptist came preaching, he began preaching the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus came preaching the kingdom of heaven, and then the disciples preached the kingdom of heaven. You do understand there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. You're either going to be in one or the other. Let me tell you, the light is better than the darkness. The ending is a lot better for light than darkness. Can I hear an amen? So we have to get some kind of grasp of the spiritual world. You, you have to understand it. I have to understand it. And we have to understand our purpose on the earth, and it's tied to the spiritual. It's not just all physical. Um, if you don't have that grasp, if you don't have that understanding, there's things that's going to slip by you. The miraculous will slip by you. Because Jesus is into the miraculous in his ministry. How do you explain Jesus walking on water if you don't believe in the supernatural? Because it doesn't hold you up. There, there, there's no physical law that says water should hold you up if you walk on it. There's no physical law that says water should hold Peter up if he walks on it. But how many of you believe with me today that Jesus walked on the water? That Peter walked on the water? Then you are a believer in the supernatural. By default, if you said yes... If you walked in here and said, I don't believe it, but if you believe it, then you are a believer in the supernatural. Matter of fact, it's hard to believe in God or anything in the Bible without a firm belief in the supernatural. So as we believe that, then we understand things like divine healing. There's no reason this person should get well, the blind should see, the lame walk, unless there's a supernatural connection there. And obviously that supernatural connection as Jesus ministered and as he prayed, as he touched lives and bodies, there was a change there. And folks, I believe he's still doing that today. We don't see it maybe like we want, but there are things that happen in the supernatural that we cannot explain. It happens every day. There are things like the infilling of the Holy Spirit. How, how do you explain that our physical body, our soul and our spirit can be filled by the Holy Spirit? Or you have the evidence of tongues in the Bible. I mean, how do you explain that a person in Acts 2 or Acts 10 or Acts 8 or Acts 19 could begin speaking in a the language they've never learned and they don't know? How do you explain that unless you believe in the supernatural plan of God? So you have to believe in the supernatural if you're going to embrace that. How do you believe that we can speak in a language that bypasses your physical senses, but yet your soul and spirit can directly communicate with God? And here's another cool feature, that the devil doesn't understand what you're saying. How many of you know you're a code talker? Some of you get that on the way home. So all these things are very supernatural. They're very spiritual. It's beyond the physical realm. It's beyond our understanding. But we know that that is true. How do you explain spiritual gifts if you don't believe in the supernatural? That someone can have a spiritual gift, prophecy, or wisdom, or knowledge, or faith, 
or healings or interpretation or tongues or discernment. All these are what? They're very supernatural. So when you lay the foundation here, you understand that we're dealing in the supernatural world. And if we believe that, then there's the existence of angels, archangels, and cherubims, and seraphims, and Satan, and demons and devils. I read an article recently that one third of all the calls requesting things from the Vatican is for exorcism. Whether that's true, I don't know. I read the article that people are calling in for exorcism for people and their family and their friends because they believe they're demon-possessed. Isn't that amazing? We're in 2019, and one-third of the calls to the Vatican is we want to be free from evil spirits. That's the supernatural, my friend. Now, let me just lay a little, little baseline here. If you have your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 6. And I, I've got to give you a, a little history here. How many of you going to help me preach this morning? My voice is almost gone. But hang in with me till the end. We'll finish squeaking it out. In this account, Syria, which is in northern, the northern border of Israel and to the northeast, Syria has been attacking Israel. How many you know that Syria is in the news today? So they're attacking the border of Israel. They're raiding down. And there's a prophet in the land of Israel by the name of Elisha. How many of you ever heard of him? Elisha is being divinely witnessed to by Almighty God of the plans of the Syrians. Now, let me explain it. So the Syrians are getting ready to make attack on Israel, and every time they do, God reveals the plan, where the attack is, what time the attack is, to the prophet Elisha. So every time they attack Israel, guess who's waiting for them? The Israeli army. And all of a sudden, the Syrians said, every time we attack, no matter when it is or where it is, they're there to meet us. How in the world is that happening? So the king of Syria calls a council. He gets all of his generals, all of his leaders together. He says, what in the world's going on? Every time we attack, they're there to rebuff us and repel us. We must have a spy in our ranks. And some hand goes up in the back of the room and says, oh, king, live forever. There's not a spy, there's a prophet in Israel and every time we do something, God reveals to him what we're doing and the king says, let's go get him. So he gets the army together, gets the Syrian seals together and they go attack one man, Elisha. And he's in a little bitty city called Dothan. And there he is, it's early in the morning, They've surrounded the city. They're going to invade the city. They're going to go house to house. They're going to look for one guy by the name of Elisha. They're going to kill him. But his manservant gets up before Elisha. And he goes outside and he's stretching and he's listening to the birds. And he looks up and hello. There are chariots and there's an army completely surrounding the little city of Dothan. And he goes back in and he wakes Elisha up and he says, hey boss, not gonna be a good day. Y'all are so holy, come on now. 
And he says, come outside. When they come outside, they see the city surrounded by the Syrian army. And I want to pick it up here, verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You know what God is saying? I got the enemy surrounded already. Do you know God's already working on your problem? He's already working on your issue. It's not a natural solution. It's a spiritual solution that's manifest in the supernatural, right? And it comes into our physical life. So, so when he goes out, he says, Lord, please open up his eyes. Could we look at this line? Open his eyes that he may see. Would you say that with me this morning? Open his eyes that he may see. How many of you know that's a good prayer for you today? God, open my eyes that I may see. Well, hey, Pastor, you know, I, I've got good vision. 2020, my optometrist was here this morning in the first service. And, 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 you know, he helps me out that I might see how beautiful you are out there. That's an amen moment. <laughs> but he's not talking about natural sight. What's he talking about? Help him to see things in the spirit realm that he cannot see. Elisha could see it, but he couldn't see it. I think we as a church, and certainly in Christendom, we need to have eyes that see beyond the physical. We need to have eyes that see beyond just the natural. We have to have eyes that see into the supernatural, into what God is doing, just as that prayer is. And that should be our prayer today. There is a spiritual conflict and there's a spiritual war going on right now. Listen, it's not coming, it's here. You see, before the world began as we know it, God had a creation prior to our creation. Somewhere in time, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> the God of the universe created a vast array of spiritual hosts, spiritual beings. One of those spiritual beings was one called Lucifer. He's mentioned in your Bible. The Bible describes him. He was at the top echelon of all the heavenly hosts, one of the highest of the highest. And he was created to be the anointed cherub that covered the throne, we believe. He was created in perfect beauty, the Bible says, full of wisdom, directing the praise and the worship of the heavenly hosts to Almighty God, who alone should receive all of our praise and glory. Amen. But something happened in Lucifer. Now, please understand, I've heard this before. Well, yeah, the angels have to worship God because that's all they can do. That is wrong. Your theology's messed up. Just thought I'd let you know. God created everything with the will. He created everyone with the ability to choose, even the angels, even Satan. Because there came a moment in Satan's life and heart, the Bible refers to it this way, that iniquity was found in his heart. 
You see, if you have to worship God, if you have to praise God, if you have to serve God, that's not real love. That's not real devotion. That's not real commitment. That's just robotic. But if you choose to love God, if you choose to worship Him, if you choose to praise Him, how many of you know you got something now, baby? Because you don't have to, but you choose to. The angels don't have to, but they choose to, except some chose not to. He said, I will exalt myself above the throne. I will be like God. And he wanted all of that directed to him. And not only did he choose that, the Bible says one third of the heavenly hosts chose to go with him. Isn't that amazing? Because we read about in Revelation that the tail of the dragon drew a third part of heaven with him. Now today we know them as demons and devils. And we know Lucifer is Satan. He has fallen from his estate. Can I hear an amen? There was rebellion, war in heaven. And he was cast out. But where, where do you fit in the equation? So here he has this heavenly host of created beings and angels. And then here we are. The psalmist talks about that. This is chapter 8, verses 4 and 5. What is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. So, so you have the heavenly host, and you have archangels, and cherubims, and seraphims, and messenger angels. And where are you? You're, you're, you're way down here. Thought I'd make your day. You're right down here. But you know what the Bible says? He's crowned us, look at that, with glory and honor. You see, we are the product of the creation of Almighty God. And when he created us and he launched us on our mission and Adam and Eve failed in that mission, the first prophecy is about the spiritual realm. Listen to it. God said the seed of the woman, which is an amazing line because the woman doesn't bear the seed. How many of you know the man carries the seed? The woman is the receptacle of the seed. But this prophecy says the seed of the woman the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. But the serpent will bruise the heel of the woman's seed. Now, who's that talking about? It's talking about Jesus and you. Jesus and me. You see, when Jesus was born, the Holy Spirit planted the seed in Virgin Mary. And Jesus came into being as begotten, not created, not into the sense that he didn't pre-exist before Bethlehem. He just in a physical body appeared. How many of you know he was before Bethlehem? And he went to the cross. And he died. And in that death, even though that death and that crucifixion and that pain and that suffering was bruising the hill. When he rose from the dead, let me tell you what he did. He crushed the head of the serpent by his resurrection and his life and his victory. Can I hear an amen? Come on, let's not play patty cake. Let's give the Lord a hand. And now he is crushing the head of the serpent. In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven. Where did he fall? He fell to the earth. You know, this week we're going to uh, have this event that happens every 31st of October. It's called Halloween. It seems like this month we're focused on demons and devils and witches and vampires and a lot of that stuff is just kind of 
funny stuff. But how many of you know there is the real thing? There is the real stuff that we have to deal with. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So you have weapons to use. Why do you need weapons? Because you're in a war. Who are you in a war with? You're, you're in a war with this fallen kingdom, these fallen entities that we call Satan, demons, and devils. And so therefore we have to understand that we're in a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. That's why in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, Paul addresses this. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly or high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You know what he does? Paul identifies who we're battling. Notice the first thing. He said the schemes of the devil. Say that with me. The schemes of the devil. Now let's all say it. The schemes of the devil. Could I tell you the devil's trying to lay a trap for you? He's trying to trap you. He's trying to get you in a position that you shouldn't be in. I've told this story a couple of times. And back years ago, I was in the oil and gas investments. And I was working out of town, traveled a lot, stayed in a lot of hotels. And I was there usually for weeks, sometimes a week, two or three I'm in this one certain city in a hotel and, uh, you know, a lot of people working and, and moving around and, and coming in and out. And there was a young lady there. She, I'm going to guess she was around 30-ish and I was about late 20s and early 30s at the time. And I would see her in the mornings when we go to work. I'd see her sometimes in the evenings when we'd come back. And one day in the middle of the week, she stopped me. She said, sir, she said, there are some people in the hotel that's making me feel very uncomfortable and fearful. Would you come to my room and stay with me? And I said, well, um, that probably is not going to be a good idea for me. But if you feel like you're threatened or you're afraid of some people who are staying here, you need to call the front office and you need to let security know and take care of that. Uh, it probably wouldn't have been good for me to go to her room. One thing might have left to another and Carrie would have killed me. <laughs> Y'all are so holy. You know what he's always trying to do? He's trying to trap you. He's trying to snare you. It's called the schemes and the wiles of the devil. Folks, that wouldn't be in here if it wasn't real. Young people, it wouldn't be in here if it wasn't real. See, we have to understand there is a spiritual dimension. There are spiritual forces out there. The schemes of the devil. Second thing he said was principalities. Can I give you a good definition of this that you will not forget? What is a principality? It's a prince over a locality. There's a prince over a locality. You see, there are evil entities that control places. <laughs> I don't understand that. Well, let me give you a biblical reference. When Daniel was in Persia, Babylon, he prayed for God to answer him. He prayed for 21 days, no answer. On the 21st day, an angel appeared before Daniel and said, here's your answer. But this is the rest of the story. He said, you've been praying for 21 days, but I want to tell you, God heard your prayer the moment you prayed it. 
But I've been trying to bring the answer back to you. And every time I get to the heavenly places around Persia, the prince of Persia withstood me. But then Michael, the great warrior angel, came down and warred through that blockade. And here's your answer. How many of you believe with me there's probably a prince over Las Vegas? And Chicago? And other parts of the world. And this is the way you know this. Have you ever been in a place, a neighborhood, a store, a city, a country, and all of a sudden you had this inward feeling like something's not right here? Kind of a creepy feeling? Let me tell you what that is. You're engaging a spirit that's trying to control this place, this locality. And, and the Lord said, we are combating the wiles, the schemes of the devil, principalities, powers. This word powers here means things that influence our mind and our choices. Are there influences out there that would redirect your choices to be bad choices? Absolutely. Rulers of darkness, powers that blind and keep us in ignorance. You see, there's a lot of people who don't believe anything that I'm saying today. There's a lot of people who don't believe any of this is actually true. Why do they not believe this, even though it's written in the Word of God? For the God of this world has blinded their minds to receive this. They are blinded to the spiritual aspects of every person's life because they're just living in the here, the now, and the physical. They think when you die, that's it, it's over, you're in the coffin, all dressed up, nowhere to go. But can I tell you, there is a place to go. And there's only two places, and one is bad and one is good, right? So we have to realize powers that blind us, and then the fifth thing, spiritual hosts or spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a battle for your soul today. You're in a warfare for your eternal destiny, and it's something we have to embrace every day. So, when you hear something or see something or feel something or something happens that's spiritual, don't freak out. There is that realm. There's that world. And as believers, we have to embrace that world, whether you like it or not. Have you ever heard the term near-death experience? How many of you have ever heard that? Um, thousands of people have had them. Many people have reported on them. But most people in the scientific community don't think they're real, that they believe that they're just impossible. Dr. Eben Alexander, he's a neurosurgeon. He was one of those persons, and he wrote a book, and I want to share some things that happened to him as a highly trained neurosurgeon. He'd operated on thousands and thousands of brains, and uh, he knew that people of faith believed in a soul, but he didn't believe in a soul. Because he said these near-death experiences was just a reaction of your brain that's in distress or as it, you know, is dying. So he said that's what a near-death experience is. And he said uh, he would have been the first to explain that, that it's a brain chemistry thing, that these are fantasies just produced by the brain. But then there came one day when Dr. Alexander contracted a very rare brain disease. And he was in a coma for seven days. And this illness attacked him. He lost complete control of thought, emotion, 
into a coma. And his doctors weighed the possibilities of his survival. And then there was discussion, if you will, to pull the plug and let him die. But then something happened. His eyes popped open and he came back to reality. But when he came back to reality, this is what he said. He said, by all accounts, this is a medical miracle, but the real miracle lies in the story. I had an encounter with an angelic being who guided me into the deepest realms of the superphysical existence, and there I met the divine source of everything in the universe. Can I give you another name of that? That's called God. Before his illness and coma, the doctor would not be reconciled to the knowledge of a near-death experience as a neuroscientist. He had no belief in heaven, God, or the soul. But today, he's a doctor who believes that true health can only be achieved when we realize that God and the soul are real and death is not the end of a personal existence. It's only the transition from one place to another place. So what is that? It's the transition from the physical world into the spiritual dimensions of eternity. But you don't have to wait till you die to experience that. How do you know we should experience that every day? The presence of God in our life. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. The supernatural. The, the divine, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the spiritual gifts. You see, a few weeks ago, we, we began to think about how that we need to be more spiritual and how that we need to lay a baseline of the Word of God. Let me tell you, everything that happens here should be based on the Word of God. But just because the Word of God deals with it doesn't mean that it happened 2,000 years ago and it didn't happen today. I believe the supernatural is still real today, don't you? That what we know today from the Word of God is not something that just happened to a certain elect group of people. I want to tell you, you and I live in a world that is both physical and spiritual. So our prayer today should be the prayer that Elisha prayed for his servant. Oh God, open up my eyes. I think if we just surveyed people and even some people who are not even churched, you know what they would tell us? Yeah, I believe in angels. I believe in demons and devils. I believe in the supernatural. And folks, as I started, some of the most popular television programs of our time all deal with what? The supernatural. Why? We as humans have an affinity with the supernatural because we were created in the image of God who is really supernatural. So today... Is it all right if we go on this journey for a couple of weeks? Would you invite somebody to come with you? I think it'd be very interesting for them. As we continue this journey, I think today we need to say, you know what? Maybe I have not been as open to the supernatural things of God as I should have been open. Can I give you one more account? When the prophet of God says, not this is just where the Assyrians are going to attack, but when there's a famine and people are dying for starvation, and he says, tomorrow food is going to be sold in these streets 
Food's going to be sold on these streets for pennies on the dollar. And one man said, if God would open up the windows of heaven, it may be so, but I can't see that. Guess what? There were people who could see it when other people couldn't see it because somebody had a glimpse into the supernatural realm of God. So open up your eyes to the supernatural realm of God. Bow your head with me right now. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.